privilege to be a part uh, here of today's service and uh, being able to, to sit and just uh, mull through uh, this passion narrative uh, with my brothers. Uh, even though there are only a few of us here, uh, it is um, heavy uh, to be able to think of the journey that Christ took on our behalf. And as I have read through this all week, and as life has slowed down, the section that I'm going to take us through uh, is in John 19, verses 17 through 27. And this is where Christ actually goes upon the cross. Let me pray for us. Father, it is so humbling it is so humbling to think of you sending forth your son to die on the cross for us use your word Strengthen men and women who believe in your death, burial, and resurrection. Use your word to call men and women to yourself. Now, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so as we... Uh, just saw Christ continuing to be mocked, denied, and just the way that he was treated here, even before the passion narrative, to see just time and time again And how even still today, we try to paint Christ the way that we want him to look and not the way that he truly is. And so as we look at Jesus and them taking him, let's read. The word of God says, starting in verse 17 of chapter 19 of John. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side. And Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. 
And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified him, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. They said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which said, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross was Jesus where by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. And so as we go back through and we look at this beautiful passage of Scripture, which is hard to think, we go back to the very beginning where it says, So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross. And as we think of the Roman government and what they desire to do with crucifixion, they desire to shame. They desire to mock. They desire to embarrass. They want you to know that you do not stand against the Roman government. And so they parade you around. And to carry the same piece of wood that would be your death sentence. It is hard for us to imagine this in America. We try to, to do this in such secret, whether it be lethal injection, whether it be in the past the electric chair, whether it be hangings. And we did this where only a select few would be able to see. But this of bearing your own cross was to embarrass was to shame him. And as we saw throughout, we've already seen 
seen spitting in the face. We've already seen blindfolding him and smacking him. We've already seen his beard being pulled from his face. We've already seen all these tragic things that have happened to our Lord. And now at the end, on the way to Golgotha, he carries his own cross. And not only does he carry it, but he was put upon it. Crucifixion is not a pretty picture. In this setting, we see, especially from the account when he comes back and sees Thomas, we know that he says, hey, touch my hands. See my side. So we know that there were three different ways that people were crucified. But this specific way that Jesus was crucified was with nails through his hands. And they would nail him to the cross. Whether when he was carrying the cross he was already nailed to it. And then placed upon it we don't specifically know. But we know that he was nailed to it. And he hung there for three hours. And so he could hang there for three hours. They nailed his feet also to this T-shaped cross. So that he could lift with his legs. So that his lungs would not collapse because of the weight of his own body. And so he would push as these nails were in his feet. And he would push up to breathe for three hours as he watched these things around him unfold. And so you have been sitting at home for the last two hours. You have gotten up and gotten snacked. You have gone to the bathroom. And our Savior has done nothing but hang on a cross for two hours. Can you imagine the perfection in him and the imperfection in us? To where this time is hard for us to pay attention to, to stay focused, to not do something selfish for ourselves. And Jesus is there hanging on the cross. The severity of this is excruciating. And then let's see these sets of people as he is just hanging there. We're just having these nice arguments around him. Dividing his clothes. Family standing nearby. Let's see this. In the midst of this anxiety, in, in, in this pain, this anxiety is not the right word. But in the midst of this excruciating trial that he is going through with his body being torn apart. There they crucified him, 
and with two others, one on either side. And Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Because we think of this inscription that is above the cross. And sometimes you even see it on decorative crosses now. This inscription was to label what he was guilty for. Those other two people who were on either side of them, can you imagine what their nameplate said? Their nameplate probably said murderer. Thief. And we're justified. What he was accused of, that's why the Jews did not, the chief priests did not want it to say, I am the king of the Jews. But Pilate says, what I have written, I have written. Because guys, that is what he was being accused of. That is what he was being murdered for. For being our God and King and coming and humbling himself. And it even labeled above him. What he was accused of. And sometimes the Roman government, whenever they would walk people and they would carry their crosses through town, they would have somebody out in front of them holding the nameplate of what the person carrying the cross had done, whether it be an uprise against the Roman Empire. So to make an example, to say, you must never do this again. This is not a claim that you want to have. But Christ, just like this man on his side who was a murderer, and just like this man on this side who was a thief, he is and will be and will always be the king of the Jews. The son of God, the son of man, who came to take away the sins of of the world and who was willing to lay down his life and I love how it's written in three different languages because that is what he desires that every tongue every tribe every nation would know that he is the Christ and that he is the king of the Jews and that we must know that this death was not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles, for the barbarian, all those who would call on the name of the Lord. 
But as we see, there are, will always be those who ignore. We see some soldiers here. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took His garments and divided them into four parts. One part of each soldier also, and one part for each soldier, also His tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill prophecy. Think about this, guys. Think of what soldiers have been trained to do. When they conquer something, they take the spoils. When you go into a city and you destroy it and you take it over, you go through the dead bodies and you take what's left. And you divide it among yourselves. And this is what these soldiers are doing with the king. What they know to do. And the beautiful thing is, is even the smallest detail of what happens with Jesus' clothing is fulfilled in prophecy. If you go back to uh, Psalms 22 verse 18, it says this exact thing. They divided my garments among them and for my clothing they cast light. Guys, is there a sparrow that falls without Christ knowing it? How much more will your heavenly Father take care of you? If He knows exactly what is going to happen with His clothing on the day He is crucified, because as he says in Scripture, I know what's in man. He knew what was in these soldiers. He knows what is in you and I. And that is why he knew he had to come be the spotless Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. Because this is what we do. We are selfish people. We desire to take care of ourselves. And Jesus continues on. And it says, So the soldiers did these things. Guys, never forget, evil is going to do what evil does. Evil is going to do what evil does. Don't be surprised by it. But are we going to be people of God that do things that the people of God do? Which are this. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, 
his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. And as I am in the Gospel of John, and that beloved disciple that is there, who was told to take care of Mary, is the one who gave us this specific book through the Holy Spirit. And he is the only apostle who gave these letters in such an old age, who was not martyred. From this passage, can we possibly think and imagine why that was so? Because Jesus Christ, when he is on the cross in agony as the oldest son, desires to honor his mother and to have her be taken care of by the beloved disciple who would not be martyred, who would take care of her. What if the Lord allowed her to be taken care of by John until she dies? And then the moment she dies, the Holy Spirit says, Okay, go write the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and Revelation for me in your 90s. Think about that. He has these things mapped out so beautifully. And even in the midst of something like this coronavirus that has us to have to have a Good Friday service where there are us and we're more than 10 feet apart, God knows and is sovereignly ordaining this time hopefully, to care for his people. And we know that if we know his character. And so I pray that as we look at this, and we see Jesus' character, when he has been beaten, spit upon, on the cross for at least two hours by now, He looks out to the crowd and was moved with compassion that his mother would be left without a son. Do we not think that Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God the Father, interceding on our behalf, is going to take care of you and me? Think of that during this virus time. Think of that during this holy week where we look to the cross. No matter how much cabin fever we have or how dreadful it is to not be able to gather together with the saints on Easter. No. 
that Christ is still king of the Jews and the king of kings. Pray with me. Father, we love you. We are so humbled by who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your willingness to die on the cross. Lord, and I pray that we would see you according to your word. In your spirit, not according to our flesh. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.